your Bibles, please meet me in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And could you please stand to your feet in reverence to God's holy word? Again, it's Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. All right, and it reads, Come to me, all who, are la- all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. You may have your seat as Pastor Todd comes. John, we're we're good, man. It's good to be here. Uh, Be praying for my family and I. We leave Friday for vacation for the week, and we'll come back for uh, I'm not going to miss uh, homecoming. I'm not going to miss uh, Miss Maryland's Good to Good Bar. See, that's how you do it. You just slide it in what you want, man. You just, where they don't even know, but they know. So, those things, I cannot wait for those. Hint, hint. Uh, anything you would like, uh, Brother Joshua? Any, any announcements for food that you need? This is where you do it. I'll, I'll help you. Okay? Any, any, who's got the chocolate chip cookies? Okay? No takers? I got you, bro. I'll send out another email. It's good to be here, amen? Uh, We are here in Matthew chapter 11, a very famous chapter. As you leave today, uh, there is a book for you, uh, a gift from the church to you about this very text. It's called Gentle and Lowly by uh, Dane Ortland. I read it last summer on the beach. It is a phenomenal book about this text and about the heart of Jesus. Um, But I I do want to bring us to this text this morning. I want to ask this question as we get started this morning. Have you ever been invited to a party that you either A, weren't sure you were going to get invited to and were hoping to get invited to, or, or B, that uh, you didn't even know you are going to get invited to? Anyone ever had that invitation come in the mail and you read the invitation and you're like, man, what do I do with this? Well, that's the context of this passage. So if you're reading this passage, a very famous passage, think of it through the lens of this is an invitation to you. And the one that sent out the invitation is Jesus. Now to get into the text, you have to understand the context of the text. So the context of the text is this, that Jesus had shown up to this planet to kind of tell people how to do life. There's a way that there is to do life, and there's a way that I've designed you and created you to do life. And then, if you remember, in this context, there's these people called the Pharisees. Now, what the Pharisees did was to hear the Old Testament, how they were to do life, but then the Pharisees dumped all these other rules and regulations on top of the law. And what began to happen were, and Jesus says this himself, he says, the Pharisees give you this heavy burden that you got to carry. And so I think when we come to this text, we, we often read it as we want rest and we want rest for our physical body. That is not what Jesus is talking about in this text. Jesus is going to show us he's not concerned about your physical body 
as much so as He is for your spiritual body, your souls. Because what was happening was these men, the Pharisees, were burdened to the people with how they ought to live life, and then they couldn't live life a certain way. They couldn't achieve what the Pharisees were putting on top of it. And so Jesus comes and He says to the people, Hey, I want to give you rest and rest for your souls. That's the invitation for you this morning. Any takers on that this morning? Anyone here that needs rest for your souls this morning? Or the invitation is here for us this morning. Now the context of now within this small context of these three verses is this. Look at how Jesus starts in verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So the context even of this, come to me, all who are weary and heavenly lady, is a prayer. So Jesus is in the middle of a prayer when he says this to the Father, and his disciples are on looking at the prayer. And the context is this, that he says, in the passage, he says, hey, there's two things. There's things that are hidden from people and things that are revealed to people. The things that are hidden are from the, to the Pharisees. The things that are revealed are to my children. And he says in verse 26, Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will that all things be handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal himself to. And so here's the revelation of who he's making himself known to. So here's the invitation, and let's look at a few things. First, who is this invitation for? What is the requirements once you are at the party? What is the requirements of admission to the party? And the last is, what are the party etiquette? You, you know, when you go and you get this invitation, if uh, on the invitation it will say, hey, this is a, uh, a, a Star Wars themed uh, party. And if you show up to the party and you're not dressed like Star Wars, you're not going to fit in too well, are you? If you show up thinking this is a Marvel party and you come as Captain America instead of Chewbacca, things are going to look a little weird. If you go to the party acting like it's a Marvel party and not a, a, a Star Wars party, things don't go well for you. So there's an invitation, but in that invitation, Jesus says, this is who it's for. And then in the invitation, he says, hey, this is what you have to do once you get to the party. So look at, let's look at those few things together. First, look at the first word of the text. Come. There's the invitation. The word come in that text is this. It's not a demand. It's not a requirement. But it's a plea to you. Jesus is pleading with us to come to find rest. So there's this plea. And we know it's a plea because of what he says later on in the text about himself. If it was a place of demand, you ever been uh, asked to do something out of a demand? It doesn't go well. But we know this is not a demand from Jesus. He's not going to demand that you come to him. But he's going to plead that you come with him. And we know he's pleading that you come with him because 
what are the two words he says about himself in the text? That he's gentle and lowly in heart. He he's, has humility. He's kind. He's gentle. So there's this gentle pleading with his people to come to him. So my first question to you this morning, to myself, to the church, do you sense the Lord pleading with you to come to him? He's not going to force you to come to him. He's not going to grab you by the, 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 the collar and shove you into the front door. But there is, and he says it throughout the scriptures, hey, I'm standing at the door knocking that you would let me in. Now, you've got to remember, this is Jesus. He can kick the door down if he wants to. Well, he wouldn't even have to kick the door down because we see after his resurrection, he just walked through the door. Like he just shows up in places. He's sitting here pleading with us to come. So I want you to first to hear that invitation to you this morning. There's the Savior, the Lord of all of creation, that is pleading with you this morning to come so that you'll find rest for your souls. Do you want rest? Then you have to, you have to accept the invitation. Without accepting the invitation, I promise this, you'll never find rest for your souls. And I'm going to get into that more in the text this morning. But there's a plea for us that he would, that we would come to him. Thank God we have a God that doesn't make us come to him. Right? Because then things get really weird when you make somebody do something. You ever made your kids do something and they do it, but they're not really doing it? They're doing it out of obligation or out of like fear of getting in trouble, but their hearts aren't in it? That's why Jesus is pleading with us to come and not demanding that we come. Because he knows that if he makes us come, we won't really be there. We'll be there, but we won't be there. So that's the first thing we see. Now the next question is this, who is this invitation for? We see it in the next two words. Come to me, all. That one three-letter word is the beautiful piece of the passage. So here's this invitation, and this invitation has been sent out to everybody, not a select few. So there's an invitation to all of us in this room this morning. Everyone in this room this morning is being invited to have rest for your souls. So if you don't have rest for your souls, it's not because you don't have an invitation. It must mean that something's happening in you that's refusing to uh, take the invitation to get the rest for your souls. So do you not have rest for your souls this morning? Now you have to ask the question, it's not because I've not been invited. It's not because I've not been offered that. What am I doing not to receive it? So every one of us has that. That's what he says in the most famous passage, John 3, 16, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his son, that he gave the invitation, that whoever would come to him would not perish but have eternal life, which would mean rest for your souls this morning. Remember, there are people that get the invitation that don't come. That ought to break our hearts. There are people that receive the invitation, that do not come to get rest for their souls, 
We know that through uh, three different places in the Gospels. It's the same young man, this young rich ruler. Remember what Jesus said. He's offering them the invitation. The young man comes to him and says, God, what must I do to have to acquire eternal life? And then Jesus tells him the requirements of eternal life. And what does the young rich ruler do? He turns around and walks away. And I wonder for you this morning, if you're not finding rest for your souls, it's because you rejected the very invitation that would give you the rest for your souls. Because later on in the passage, it's going to get harder. The passage gets harder, not easier. Now let's look at the requirements for admission within the invitation. That's for everyone. But now he says, this is how you got to dress to come to my party. There's a dress code. Now, it's more of a, 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 a spiritual dress code than it is an external dress code. He doesn't care what you look like. But he does, he does care how you come. He says this, come to me all who what? Three things in this text. Two are obvious, the third is not so much. He said the requirement to get into the parties, you've got to do this. You've got to be really, 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 really laborsome. You've got to be heavy laden, and you've got to be super tired. Like, that's who's invited. He's saying, you've got to have your stuff not together to be invited to this party. He didn't go after those who had it all together. So are you honest with yourself this morning? Are you heavy laden this morning? Are you laboring this morning? And are you tired this morning? Now, what is Jesus talking about here? He's not talking about your physical tiredness. We see that later on in the text. We see that throughout the life of Jesus. What Jesus is saying, there is a requirement for you to be tired, to be heavy laden, and to have this massive burden. But he's talking about your salvation. And what he's talking about is, are you so tired that you keep trying to earn your way into this party? Are you so try to, trying to forgive yourself? You know that's a myth. You cannot forgive yourself. Anyone ever heard that? Oh, you just need to forgive yourself. Anyone ever heard that before? That's a lie from the pit of hell. Here's the reason for that. Because if you for, could forgive yourself, you wouldn't be heavy laden and tired. You need to be forgiven, but you can't do it from yourself. You need it from someone outside of yourself to forgive you so that you're set free. And that is what Jesus is talking about in this text. The first thing he says, the word he uses is that you labor. And that word labor means that you've tried to work hard to, to obtain something. Any of you tried to obtain your own salvation through good works, through good behavior, through you, the list goes on and on and on, all the do's and don'ts, all the shoulds and shouldn'ts you do, should do. But you keep trying to earn something, and Jesus is saying, you trying to earn something, you're never going to get what you're trying to earn. So that's more of a, a, what he's saying is this, that's more of an external work. You're trying to change the external things about yourself to get into this party. The next thing he says is heavy laden. That's an internal carrying of a burden. How many of us still carry the burden of guilt and shame? 
for what you've done in the past. And you keep carrying it, and you keep carrying it, and you keep carrying it. No wonder we're so exhausted. But the reality is this, that there's a Savior that came that forgave you of your guilt and shame. Therefore, what are you still carrying it for? Because you still think there's something in you that thinks you have to earn your salvation. And the last one is this. Because there's this internal and external laboring to achieve something, we get exhausted emotionally and spiritually, do we not? And that is who Jesus is asking to come to the party. So this morning, are you so exhausted from trying to get your life right before you get to Jesus? Because Jesus' invitation is you don't have to get your life right to come to him. Jesus wants the mess. And he wants your mess. And he wants my mess. And he wants this church's mess. But how often are we trying to clean up the mess before we come to Jesus? Which then we don't let Jesus do what only Jesus can do, and that's to clean up. Now this is where the passage gets tough. There is something once you get into the party, we'll call it the party etiquette, verses 29 and 30. I'm going to read that. There's something that is required of us once we get into the party. Now, this is where people turn around and walk out of the party, just to let you know. This is where the party gets weird. They're like, I'm not, I, that's not the party I signed up for. I signed up for a party. This next part of the text doesn't sound like a party. And he says, Hey, you'll come to me, and I'll give you rest. Verse 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's two things that Jesus says that we must do when we come to the party. There's work to be done. You ever gone to a party and had to start working? Right? Like, you walk in the door and people are like, hey, I need you to do this, I need you to do this. I'm like, it's not a party. What the heck are you talking about? But that's what Jesus is saying in this text. He's saying once you're at the party, there's things that are required of you once you get into the party. The first is this. It's going to take a lot of work to find rest. Now, does work plus, uh, does that equal rest to you? Does work equal rest? No, it equals more exhaustion. But he says, hey, you're going to have to work. And what does he mean by that? It's what Paul says. We must, what, work out our salvation. Like, there is a requirement of work for us when we come to Jesus. It's not that we can sit on the sidelines and do nothing. There is something that is required of us. Because of all that Christ has done for us, now we must go do something what Christ has given to us. How often do we receive things from Christ and do nothing with what we've received from him? All these gifts, all these talents, all the things that God has given to you, he wants you to put those into practice for his sake. Thank God for Rob. It would be really easy for Rob to sit here every Sunday in a pew and say, that's not my job. I don't even get paid for that. But he's putting his talents to work for the kingdom of God. And because he's doing that, we get the benefit of that. 
I promise this, Rob is not doing that for your sake. Rob is doing that for the sake of the glory of God. And he knows, because he's told me, if I don't do it, I'm disobedient with what God has given to me. And how many of us have so many gifts and talents that we're not using? If you are a follower of Christ, you've been given gifts and talents that you must use, and it's going to cost you something. But that is what he says. That is what he says. I need you to take my yoke upon you. That word yoke has everything to do with work. Remember what a yoke was about. A yoke was given to people, either for a slave or for an oxen, to do work. A slave would take a yoke, put it on his neck, and then put water bales on every, each side to weigh it out so he could carry this heavy load to where his master told him to take it. Same is true with oxen. So there is a yoke at your salvation that's been put onto you, put onto me, put onto this church from our master that says, now go do something with what I've given to you. But how many of us are refusing to put on the yoke? You have talents, gifts, and, and abilities that God wants to use for his glory in the furtherment of his kingdom. The next thing he says, though, is this. You must learn from him. Now, I don't know about you, but working is tiring to me and learning is extra tiring. I'd rather go outside. But to sit in front of a book and read, I'm like, I mean, it takes like five minutes. That's my melatonin, is to read a book. Like within five minutes, I take melatonin, I stay up for 30 minutes, I start reading a book, I fall out in like three minutes because my brain gets so tired. But what does he say to us? If you want rest, you got to what? Learn from me. Well, what are we to learn from him? We are to dig into God's word. This is how he's teaching us. And yes, I promise this, to study God's word is exhausting. Because there's an enemy that does not want you to learn from God's word. So he's going to throw out every hindrance from you to learn God's word. But here's the deal. When we work for the Lord and when we learn from the Lord, then he promises us in the text. The promise is this. You will find rest for your souls. How come? Because God knows this about learning from him. He knows how he created you. And he knows what's best for you. You ever tried to like do this in relationship? Like I'll do it my way. Like, I know what God's way says, but I'm going to do it my way. Anyone done that before? How exhausted are you when you do all your efforts and they come up short? Like, oh, this relationship will help. And you're like, well, nope, nope, this is even more exhausting. Oh, oh, this job will be the one without consoling or, or getting counsel from the Lord. And on and on and on and on and on and we can go. We go after our own efforts, hoping that those efforts will bring us rest. 
But what did they do? They leave us more exhausted than even when we got started. Now, here's the dilemma. There is that momentary relief. Like, there's that momentary relief when you start an unhealthy relationship. Like, oh, this feels good until it doesn't feel good. Oh, this job helps until it doesn't help. You know what I'm talking about? But there's no rest long term. But Jesus' promise here in the text is if you do this over and over and over again, you work for me, you learn from me, you'll have rest for your souls. Another way that he says it, you can have peace in the midst of persecution. Anyone have been persecuted before? This is also what Jesus is talking about in the text. Like been persecuted, like, man, enough is enough is enough. But there's, a, there's moments through the enough is enough, you're like, oh, man, the peacefulness of God is in the moments. It's called rest for your souls, even in the chaos. Like some of the stories that I've heard and seen with, in, the moment of, in the moments of chaos, the peace that people have found because they're learning from the Lord. That's what Jesus himself is talking about. He goes on to say this in the text. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Because I am gentle and lonely in heart. We do not have a slave master. Though we become bond servants of him, we have a gentle king, a kind king, one that is humble and always and gentle and always. He's gentle with us even when we rebel against him. That is what he's saying. And I, you will find rest for your souls. And here's his promise. I promise my yoke is easy. When you start doing the work of the Lord, he's not saying it's easy. But what he's saying there is you won't be the one doing it. Like, it will be easy because it will be me doing it through you. And then he says, my burden is light. What he's saying is that, yeah, there, there's things that you're going to have to carry, but I promise it's not going to be oppressive to you. Like, God's word is not oppressive to us. God's word is weighty to us, but it's not oppressive to us. And so, as a way of application this morning, the invitation is to all of us, come to him. If you're here this morning, you're not finding rest for your souls, I'd ask you in this quiet moment to ask the Holy Spirit, what is it about you that you're holding on to that you're not willing to come to the party and to surrender? Do you want rest for your souls this morning? Do you want rest for your souls from Savior and Lord? Because that's what will have to happen. The invitation has been extended to you. But you must, what? Come to Him. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to drag you. But if you want rest for your souls, you're going to have to come to him. And you're going to have to do what he requires of you to find rest for your soul. If 
again, if you're not finding rest for your souls, I just wonder, are you not doing what's required of you? Because here's the beauty of this passage and all the passages from God's Word. There is a Savior that has forgiven you, that has set you free, that you don't have to do any work to achieve those things. It's a free gift from Him. You and I just have to simply take it. But in taking it, it will cost you something. There is, this is a costly, costly invitation. And are you willing to receive the invitation and now do the work and learning that's required of us to find rest for our souls? Let me pray for us.